0: all right guys welcome to an exciting episode of bear archery's hunting 101 as always presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. if you've been with us this week then monday we covered all of the new compounds tuesday we covered all the new trophy ridge accessories and then wednesday yesterday we were with neil Bice there from gainesville and we covered all of the new traditional bows exciting stuff on every front Maybe what I'm most excited about is Trophy Ridge, which is maybe different than normal years, but I'm incredibly excited about the couple of the products they have. And I am joined today by PJ Riley of Lancaster Archery to review all of the new stuff from Baron Trophy Ridge. Guys, if you've ever looked up a review, if you've ever went to buy a bow and Googled how good is this bow, then you've probably seen PJ's, PJ's face reviewing that bow. So he is really good at doing what he does. And that is telling you how a bow shoots and how a bow performs. So PJ has spent time with all these bows. So we're here today to give you a review of each one of them.
1: Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 Podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories
0: of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life. And there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors
1: with your host, Dylan Ray.
0: Guys, I am a big believer in custom-built aftermarket strings. Basically, the moment I pull my bow out of the box, whether it's a new compound, a new recurve, a new longbow, I'm going to be putting a custom-built aftermarket string on that bow. At Dominant Strands, they're going to be using high-quality fibers from BCY, like a low-wax 452X. The low-wax content and the special way that they pre-stress and pre-stretch those strings and cables make for a very, very stable set of strings. They're going to last longer, and they're going to shoot better. There's going to be very little peep rotation. There's going to be very little stretch over time. You are going to be a lot happier in the long term you're just gonna have a lot better shooting experience when you upgrade those strings to an aftermarket custom built set of strings plus you can customize them any way you want now i'm also a huge believer in custom built strings for a longbow or recurve why because coming from the factory they're not going to be using the highest quality materials they're not going to be pre stretching those strings over long periods of time. Whereas, again, if I call up Dominant Strands, they're going to build the best set of strings for that bow. I'm going to walk them through what I want out of that string, what I want out of that bow, and they're going to build a set of strings exactly to spec out of the best materials for that bow. Guys, a custom set, the best string you could ever buy for your ring, recurve or longbow, is going to cost you about 30 bucks. That is the most bang for your buck that you can get when upgrading your longbow or recurve. You're going to get an incredible shooting experience upgrade for just 30 bucks. So I encourage everybody, the moment that recurve or longbow comes out of the box, upgrade it to a custom built string. Guys, the people over at Dominant Strands, they are unmatched when it comes to their customer service. You're going to call them up. You're going to talk to your string builder, the the guy that's going to be building your strings. He's going to ask you what you're looking to get out of the bow. He's going to ask you about your bow. He's going to ask you about your knocks. He's going to ask you everything about your bow setup so he can build you the best set of strings for your bow. Guys, I would highly encourage everybody, no matter the bow, no matter the manufacturer, to consider upgrading your strings to a nice set of custom-built aftermarket strings. My boys over at Dominant Strands, they do it, and they do it very, very well. Their turnaround time is incredible. Their attention to detail is unmatched. Guys, give them a call for your next set of strings, and I promise you, you will be happy. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Glad to be here. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. What, what is your, let's just get to the meat of it. What's your favorite bow that you shot from bear this year?
1: So I would probably have to say the persist, uh, is my favorite. Um, that's the flagship. So that has all the features, all the cool stuff on it. Um, it's shot for me really well. Um, but in the i I hate to use the term budget but it yeah to be realistic you know they have several bows that are more budget friendly that's just the way it is and uh, those things were awesome when you can get a good bow fully rigged for 650 dollars That's a deal. And, and, you know, the reality is there are some people out there who just don't want to pay $1,200 for a new bow. That's, that's where we are. Nothing wrong with that. And bear has some really good options um, in that line in that uh, Alaskan XT that we were talking about earlier. Yeah i I just the draw cycle on that thing was the thing I noticed. I was like, man, this thing is smooth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I liked the old Alaskan a lot. Um, I really did. I loved the simplicity in that bow and just, uh, it was just fun to shoot. It was really easy to shoot. Right. And just, it was, it was a joy to shoot. And then they come out with the Alaskan XT. And I, I had spent a lot of time with the whitetail max. And I had already set it in my mind that, Hey, the whitetail max is probably going to be the best, budget buy bow of the year but then they drop the alaskan xt and you shoot it and it shoots in my opinion just as good as the as the old alaskan maybe even a little better because it's got the roller guard on it but it's a budget bow that's coming with integrated rest mounts and integrated sight mounts and it's just like how are you doing this for 530 bucks 550 (laughs) bucks i mean it's just outstanding so how did that bow you know, shootability of it. Was it, you know, comfortable after the draw? Did it have a good back wall, a lot of vibration, loud? How was that to yeah. shoot?
1: So uh, that one, realistically, all of them, especially at 20 yards, I was shooting a regular uh, 40 centimeter Vegas face, um, the standard indoor target face. And I mean, I could shoot tens easily all yeah. three hours in the 10 ring, you know, and that's I think for me, that's one of the things I look at is because there are some bows that you'll get in there and it's a struggle to keep them in a 10 ring. And then going outside, shooting at distance, how stable is it? Am I able to hold it? We would, I shot at 60 yards. Can I keep the pin in place? Sometimes bows move around and it was great for me. I, I was able to hold it on target. Shot well.
0: Tuned easily, uh, just they were great bows to shoot. Now, and I, and I don't mean to jump off the Alaskan, but one thing that I have found in the Whitetail Max, and those bows are, are, are really similar. Now, the only thing, the, the, the right. reason that the Whitetail Max is so good at the price point is because, you know, you're getting an EKO cam, which is, is a, a really cool cam, it gives you the adjustability in your let off. And so you're getting an EKO cam and a bow that costs 500 or 600 bucks. And so that's just, it's crazy value. But what I learned about that bow is just, I mean, spending a little bit of time with it, you know, you mentioned jumping back at distance, that bow just balances and holds on target really, really well. Does it have all of the bells and whistles of the Persist? No, but that bow, man, it's just easy to shoot. It's just, it's a joy to shoot. It's fun to shoot. Um, so what was your and thoughts on the Whitetail Max? That,
1: that is the same cam that's on the Persist. It is, that's, yeah. That's the same cam, yeah. Yeah, the Whitetail Max, like I said, they were all, I, I, there were none of them that I was like, yeah, this one doesn't really shoot too good for me. Yeah. They all shot well because they're all in that range. I think most of them were 31 inches. I think one of them was 32 can't remember which one uh, is which the, in terms of 31, 32. The surpasses um, 32, 32. That's the 32. Um, so they were all basically the same size then, which there's not going to be any advantage there for balance. So they're all pretty comparable in terms of how they should function. I was
0: just able to shoot them all really well. Yeah. That's and that's what we, you know, we want to hear. Um, so that's good. Now, do you think the, um, with the paradigm being a longer draw length bow, that goes out to a 32 inch draw length, right. you know, I've gotten a couple questions already, people worrying about how that bow is going to shoot at shorter draw lengths. You know, if they, if they have a 27 inch draw length, should they go with that bow? Or is it not going to perform as well because it has the longer, you know, it goes to the longer end of the spectrum. Uh, what is your draw length? Uh, I was shooting
1: all these at 29 and a half. I oh, shoot so you are on the longer my, side. Yeah, I shoot my target bows at 30, but these I, hunting, I shoot 29 and a half. So
0: they were all set up for that. So how did the Paradigm perform at 29 and a half? Same. Really well held and
1: shot nice. Um, you know, they these bows are just... I'm impressed at what they're able to do at the price. Cause you would expect that if this bow set up is half the price that there should, that you should see a noticeable performance difference. And I just didn't. Yeah. Um, so the paradigm shot, well, same thing, all of them, the draw cycle was decent. You know, even though it's not the EKO cam, it's, they're all real similar. I'm looking at them on the back wall here, and, you know, the shape, that's where you're. it's going to be. You're going to notice. You're going to feel different things with different shapes,
0: and the shape of them is almost all identical. Yeah. Yeah, the main difference in that DHC cam and the EKO cam is really the, the let-off adjustability. You know, with the EKO let-off, cam, you can yeah. adjust the let-off uh, to what you want, so you can adjust that let-off um you know, from 75 to 80, 85, 90. Uh, so it really just gives you that adjustability. Now, I have found, you know, I'm curious to know, did you play with shooting it at different letoffs? Uh, the, the persist I did. Now, what did you find as far as performance at letoffs? Performance in terms of like, I
1: didn't, it was different. It was more different for me. I didn't shoot it through a chronograph to,
0: well, yeah, I'm, to I, gauge performance. I don't care about speed, honestly. Um, I just mean like I have found on the EKO cam that when I get to 90, the bow just doesn't shoot as well. Um, and maybe that's me. Um, you know, that that very well could be just the way that I like to shoot a bow. Um, but did you notice that you lose any kind of shootability going up to 90 no, mine
1: were all set at 90, are the two that have yeah. the EKO cam. I had them set at 90, and then I adjusted from there. Um, and in a hunting bow, I kind of like that um, just because, you know, you get in those situations where you may have to hold for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I would say definitely for shooting, well, with my hunt, so hunting release, I shoot an index finger. So for that, it doesn't really matter to me what the let off is. Uh, let off for me is more important when I go to a hinge. Ninety percent I do not like with a hinge, but I shoot an index finger, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I what I like is that ninety percent that I can stand there forever and hold it back. So uh, for me, it doesn't.
0: I would just go to ninety. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. Um- Well, I think the reason that I don't, maybe the reason they don't perform as well for me is because, and I get this question a lot of like, well, where should I run my let off on the EKO? And I tell people like when I get to 90, I kind of just get too lax in my shot. You know, I just kind of relax too much. And I feel like my shot breaks down. Whereas if I run it at 80, maybe even 85, then I pull through my shot better. I, you know, I just keep pressure on that back wall a little better and I shoot better. Um, And so I, I just think personally, maybe it's because, you know, that 90% just gives me too much, too much freedom. And so I, I get too lax in the shot.
1: So for the persist, I, you know, for stabilizers, the persist was bare. I put my own stuff on it. So I will say for the persist, I was shooting, a 15-inch front bar with uh, two ounces of weight, but then it's got a dampener on the end as well. So, yeah, I'm sure that leverage was helping me. If I had had, um, you know, I would have held the the persist more. I would have held that one better than the paradigm. I'm sure the paradigm, you know, when I'm shooting there. It was shooting well for me. But with that lighter stabilizer, I'm sure I saw more pin movement. Right. With that light, I think that stabilizer is uh, six, five or six inches. There's not much weight on it. So I'm sure I saw some pin movement. Not bad, but I what I would do with that 90% is I would just add more stabilizer weight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I tend to shoot my
1: hunting setup, I would have a 15 inch front bar and an eight inch side rod anyway. So,
0: yeah. Now one thing, and, and this was new for bear last year too, but one thing that is still new to the bear archery family is that really wide limb pocket that you get on the persist, which I absolutely love. Last year uh, I was actually on a hunt in Missouri and I met the guys from bear and they brought me my execute 32 And they hand it to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at the limb pocket. Like, that's phenomenal. And then you shoot it, and it just balances really well. It's just a stable bow at full draw. Now, what does, in terms of bows, what does a wider limb pocket bring to the table? It's just more stable.
1: The the wider you can get that limb there, you can imagine if you're – Axle, you know, if you go back to the old days to when it was just a single solid limb, I mean, we saw the advancements just going from the single limb to the split limbs. Um, it's, you know, there's just not much there for the axle, for the cam. There's just not much material there. So the wider that you can get it, you can imagine now everything is working off. What could you compare it to? Um just, I just know when as you get that limb pocket wider and that limb stance wider, the bow is just it wants to stay in position easier.
0: Well, it's kind of like an as athletic you, football player. I mean, when their feet get wider and they get in an athletic stance, they're more yeah, stable. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're stronger. Yeah, you can't push exactly. them easy, as easy. There you go. So yeah, I mean that's yes. and and bear really, you know, they knocked it out of the park last year with that wide limb pocket. And so I was really excited. It got a touch, uh, I mean, a, a little bit wider. Don't don't look at the bows and like try to compare them because it doesn't look a lot wider. Uh, but it did on this persist get a little bit wider. Um, and so I'm very excited about that wide limb pocket that bears bringing to the table. Um, yeah, you, you have to go back. I mean, we're
1: looking at advancements from year to year. Those are going to be minute. But if you compare to the limb pocket today compared to five, six years ago, now you're going to
0: see some differences. And let's just dive into that because here here's the problem, PJ, and I'll just I'll go on a little rant for a minute. So many dudes picked up a budget bow from Bear 10 years ago, and it just didn't perform. And so now they just automatically associate Bear with mediocre equipment at a budget price. Whereas, and I've said it, if you pick up the Persist and shoot it against any other flagship bow, it will compete. It will now. Listen, you might still choose a Matthews. You might still choose a Hoyt. You might still because you just like those bows better. They shoot better for you, and that's fine. Personal but preference. I don't think people can argue that Bear is now making bows that will compete. So, what have you seen change over, you know, say the last seven, eight years, even five years um, from Bear that really has driven that that those bows to the next level? I'm going to go back even a little bit. What
1: year would that one be? Bear came out with the, it was the year, the carnage. I'm going to go back to the carnage. I don't know how many years ago that was, but for me, that was a big turning point. I was just like, okay, this Something's is different. now, this is a flagship bow here that just performs. This does everything I want it to do. Um, whereas before that, I would say, you know, I might've considered bear. Oh, well, you know, that's more budget friendly option, even though they still had flagship bows, but I yeah. I don't think I would, I held them in the same caliber as some of the other manufacturers, but it just, I know that was about the time where they just upped their game, you know, just started bigger cams. Um, uh, better riser geometry, the limb pockets, uh, just things. They just even looked more. They looked like there was more thought put into how these things were built per, for performance. Yeah. You didn't look at them and say, you know, this is uh, Cabela's Bass Pro Shop mass-produced bow, right? Um, and. So, yeah, rise, you know, the risers were getting longer. Um, they weren't so I, I'm not a big fan of the huge reflex risers that just kick way back to the string. Um, the risers were they had a little bit of reflex, but it wasn't crazy. The, the geometry of it got better. Those limb pockets got bigger and beefier. That was the other thing. Some of the limb pockets before were just there were, just wasn't much there. Yeah. Um, So, you know, cams got bigger for sure. Uh, They didn't have those little tiny cams anymore. So, you know, you could tell that they just put some more effort into, hey, we want to compete with the big
0: guys. Yeah. And that's what, at the time, I was actually doing a podcast for Mossy Oak. And I remember having, I was doing it for Mossy Oak, but I had David Blanton on. And uh, it was like that 2014 kind of time frame, And the title of the podcast was what's up with bear or what happened to bear. And that was the whole, cause I was like, dude, they have changed for the better. Like things yeah. have happened and it's going in the right direction. And now yeah. you look and it's like, man, because even still, even still, you know, I'm going to look at like four years ago, three years ago, like with the four years ago with the Kuma. I was still like, man, this is a really good bow, but it's not just, it's not there yet. You know, it's not, and and I loved the Kuma. I shot a lot of deer with the Kuma, but it just wasn't there yet. You know, I just wasn't to the point where I was like, okay, this is it. But with the Execute 32, you know, last year was the first year where I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, this will compete with any other flagship on the market, hands down, And now, and again, I can't say that enough. Like guys, if you don't choose a bear, that's, that's fine. Like personal preference comes into this. You might like a grip of a bow better on, on another brand. You might like just the way it holds for you, but, and that's fine. I mean, that perfectly fine, but give the persist the chance because it will compete with any flagship bow on the market. Yeah, and I would dare say, dude, the Alaskan XT will compete with any flagship on the market. The Whitetail Max will compete with any flagship bow on the market. Um, you know, I think gone are the days of of having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to have a bow that performs. It's gone. Right. You know, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know, like I said, these um, setups with the ready to hunt package that you can get. A fully set up bow uh, for six hundred and fifty dollars. I th- I think that's uh, uh, I think that's a very open space in the market yeah. right now where absolutely people don't want to. You know, some of these bows when they're fully equipped with everything on it, you're looking at twenty five hundred, even three thousand yeah. dollars. Some people just don't want to do that. That's that's not yeah. what. They're in it for, and which is fine. And so, Bear is one of those companies that has those other options out there, but you're not sacrificing a ton of performance. Yes, there are some things um, that are different, you know, in the cable arms and the cable slides and stuff like that. That's a place where you can save some money, uh, the limb pockets. Um, But it doesn't mean you are. Suddenly, uh, I can't hold a group at 40 yards now at this
0: thing. Right. No. Well, and that's what, like, you know, people say, like, oh, I need this bow. I got to have that bow because it, you know, for whatever reason. And uh, I say, well, these bows perform just as good. And like, well, I don't know. I, I go out west, though. You know, I, I chase elk. You know, I got to be able to shoot at 60 yards. <laughs> and I, I responded to one guy and I said, well, I said, that's that's really good, man and we were talking about the Alaskan and he was basically saying he's too good for the Alaskan. And I said, "Man, dude, that's it's really it's, that's cool that you're too good for it." I said, "But Chuck Adams just killed two new world records with the Alaskan in Alaska. You know, that's about as back country as you can get. And you know, he did it. So, man, but good for you that you're too good for it." <laughs> and that, that was my yeah. kind of response to him, but um now Bear also you might notice this year, bears kind of went to a, on a lot of the budget bows, not on the persist on, they've went to that caged riser, that caged looking riser. What's the benefit mm-hmm. of that in a bow? And, and and did you notice that it made any kind of difference?
1: So I, I'm probably so used to that style of <laughs> riser that I did not notice a difference. You know, that's kind of standard for how they all feel. It basically allows them to have the rigidity it needs, but they cut pieces out so they can reduce the weight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's going to so make it's a flex. flip riser.
1: Yeah. It, 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 they all flex. So it's going to flex the way it needs to, but it's not going to weigh a ton.
0: Yeah. And I think that is why, um, you know, like I said, I, I've been shooting that max a lot, been spending a lot of time with it. And it just, it, it just holds really steady. Um, It's balanced really well. They cut the weight out of the places they needed to. And it just, man, that bow just shoots really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. There.
1: I mean, it's, you can't say enough good things about them. Um, Like I said, it's, it's, I would say bear probably still is working to try and convince people of that. I think when you shoot it, you, you know, you understand that, hey, yeah, this thing's a high-performing bow, but they probably still have a little bit of that
0: residual stigma. 100%. You know. Well, which- and that's what, that that is the mentality that, that Bear is working hard to change is, is yeah. Bear is your beginner bow. And then you graduate. Right. <clears throat> and then you graduate to a nicer bow. And sure, like we talked about, you know, years ago, that was probably the case. But... With that persist, you, you, I mean, and with the Alaskan XT, with the Whitetail Max, those bows are going to perform for anybody. You know, Bear is not just a beginner level bow anymore. They make bows for everybody. Right. And some of, so some of the stigma for the top
1: end, like the persist, may come from the fact that Bear does offer the other, the budget yeah. um, options, which, uh, You know, so that may be hurting them at the top end, but I think it's absolutely something they should be doing because some manufacturers don't do that at all. Right. They they don't have that option. And, you know, we certainly see in our pro shop, that's a very real place in the marketplace. That's there, Like I said, there are some people who just don't want to pay that. And, hey, I'd rather have them shoot this. And I know they can perform with that. But if that's the difference between – well, I'm not gonna buy a bow because it's I don't want to spend two thousand dollars. Versus, yeah, six fifty, I'll buy that. Yeah, hey, I'd rather see him buy the six hundred fifty dollar oh, bow. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I think once they do it, they realize, well, I can shoot. You know, this thing shoots. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's what that's what I love about Bear. Um, when they come out with a new catalog, I can look through that catalog and go, oh, there's a new bow for my kids. Oh, there's a new bow for my wife. Oh, there's a new bow for for myself. There's a new recurve for myself. There's a new crossbow for my dad. Like, you know, I can look at a catalog from Bear and be like, dude, there's something new for everybody this year. And that's what is exciting um, about Bear. But, you know, one thing that I just, one thing that kind of chapped my hide was everybody thought, well, I, I want Bear to come out with bows that compete with everybody. And then last year with the Execute 32, they had to up that price. To get it there, you know, they upped it to $1,100 right. to get that bow there to to perform and compete with everybody else that, you know, they're making a $1,200 bow that's that's competing with other bows that cost fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600 and they're still doing it. And so it's still cheaper than everybody else's flagship bows. And this year they went a little higher at 1250 Um, but even still like Bear is producing these top end bows that will compete, you know, with other bows. They had to up the price to do that, and then people complain about, well, bears up in their price now. That's what we've always loved about bears that they're cheaper. And I'm like, but you wanted a bow that competes,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. So I've stopped trying to figure out a lot people. of the, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: You Let's give them jump. what they want, what they were asking for, but then they want to go backwards.
0: Yeah. Now, do you do any kind of decibel testing? When you when no. you shoot a bow now no, one thing we that don't the execute 32 was the quietest bow of the year last year um and I don't remember who did the testing um, we did some with outdoor life that may have been
1: outdoor yes. life comes and does their bow test with us and there we do measure sound um so that may have been where you saw that
0: gotcha And the execute 32 was the quietest bow. And this year the persist got even quieter. I, I honestly don't like, I'm not even trying to be sales pitchy. I don't know how they made it any quieter because the execute 32 was really, really quiet. Uh, But the persist is even quieter. Um, Did you find any noise in any of the bows or were they all kind of that, you know, standard of, of quiet for you? They were all
1: pretty quiet. I have to be honest that my ears at my age are not the best. (laughs) What I can say is none of them, uh, you know, I took a shot and was like, whoa, that was loud. None of them were that. They were all like, you know, nothing caught my attention, which usually means, "Eh, yeah, they're pretty quiet. Yeah.
0: Now, that is
1: something that I have heard. That, that does happen in the past where I'm you know it goes off and you're like
0: man that was loud yeah <laughs> that sounded like a gun going off that will that <laughs> will catch my attention yeah um, what is and let's just jump straight to what I am most excited about from trophy Ridge the Swift you have yeah. spent some time with the Swift and and guys I'm gonna tell you this like as, as authentically as I can off camera before we started recording, PJ talked about how impressed he was with this site. Um, yeah. So walk me through, wh- which one did you shoot the duo or the, the, the one, pin? The, the one pin, single pin. What was your
1: thoughts? So, on that? so th- there's several things that I look for. It's a, it's a, you know, a movable um, pin site. It's, you know, one that you're going to adjust for every shot. So a couple things, first and foremost, You can see I got glasses on there. (laughs) There are a lot of sites out today where I just can't see the pin. I just can't. It it doesn't capture the light right or whatever. This thing had a 19,000th fiber in it. And I mean, just in the office, the thing was glowing. It was perfect. I could see that pin awesome. So, um, but then one of the other things that I really liked about it, you know, it's got a nice wheel. With a super lock, it's all toolless. You don't need any tools to adjust elevation or windage. You, they have their knobs on there so that you can do everything without, you don't have to have Allen wrenches. But one of the things I liked was so they have sight tapes. You get two different sight tapes with this one for the wheel, and you get one to mount on the side of the sight. So that Right there is great just to have those two options. I'm probably somebody who prefers to look on the side of the site, the tower. And the and the pointer there is going to be a little more precise than the one on the wheel. But um, the sight tapes go out to 130 yards. I've seen that with other sites before. But realistically, you're never going to be able to set the site up because of physical that. limitations of the site to yeah. shoot. I may not get to 130 yards You know, I may be bouncing off the scope before I get there, but I'm sure I can get out to 100 plus because of the way there the site is set up that I was able to turn. You know, the issue is your only adjustment is by the wheel on a lot of sites so that if that wheel is in the middle of its total travel distance, you know, the wheel goes all the way up, it goes all the way down. But if you're having to set your 20-yard pin only by that, it may start halfway down. And then you only have half the distance to turn it. Well, this one, I was able to turn it all the way up. So I have the maximum tower height. And then there's a separate micro adjust for just the scope. So I bring the scope down and get it and got it to my 20 yards. I still have the full maximum adjustability of that vertical rail because my scope setting is separate from that. That's something you don't see on a lot of sites. So that if I, you know, have the speed and my peak height, that's, you know, factors into it as well. If all of that is set up right, I could shoot this thing full distance, 20 to 130 yards if the speed of my bow does that. Um, so that yeah. I thought I was like, that's killer right there. yeah Had second and third axis adjustment. um you know the the windage, the 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 scope setting and the windage, you know, in other words, not the wheel, but when you're using the tower adjustment, both of those were micro adjust, real fine clicks. It was not, you know, th- there was not slop in there. the those clicks were really nice. um so, just a really well built site, and it, I want to—I don't quote me on the price, but for what it did, that was a good price for it. I, I want to say it was just over 200 220. two hundred yep. bucks. Two two twenty. Two 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 twenty. Okay, there you go. You get a lot for two hundred twenty in that site. There are yeah. there are sites like
0: that that are four hundred and five hundred dollars. Now, I am most excited about the Swift Duo which I don't know if you've got to get your hands on one yet. No, I saw a picture but I I did not. So the I Swift duo, which a lot of people have seen it, a lot of people make them now with a single pin and then halfway down there's another glowing pin so you have a second reference point. With that duo, yep. you can actually adjust your 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 pin that's halfway down. So if my top that's pin's key. at 20, I can adjust that that floating pin below it to be at 30. But then what's That's so awesome. cool about this site is, you know, because Trophy Ridge has the React technology, as you scroll that down, as you move your wheel down, you know, say you move your top pin down to 43 yards, you're going to have a marker that shows you where your second pin is and it's still going to be on. So if I scroll right. that down to 43, my second pin might be at, at 52 and I can still shoot that second pin. So no matter where that yeah. housing is, I have a second reference point and I know where that second reference point is. You know, a lot of those with being fixed. If I move that to 40, you know, that middle pin now becomes obsolete. But with yeah. Trophy Ridge, that duo, man, I am so excited about that because it, it's a perfect sight, in my opinion. And, you know, I said on a podcast a few episodes ago, and maybe I should have said it because I've gotten a lot of comments about it, but... I spent my own money on a competitor's site that costs a lot of money. You know, you're going to say 650 650 plus if you customize it however you want it. And I was not impressed with it at all. Like, I was just like, man, these pins aren't bright. You can't even adjust that second pin. You know, once you move it from that first point, that second pin is useless. And so I just wasn't happy with it. And then and that was before I saw the Swift come out. That was before I even got to see the catalog. I'm very excited about the Swift lineup. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great
1: sight. I I you know, I that I can't say enough good things about cuz it was like hey this thing's really well made. Uh, a lot of times you'll see you know that your windage is going to be the simple break open screw for adjusting left to right which isn't bad but i like clicks yeah <laughs> you for can sure really fine tune that i only need to move it a little bit that and then you know there you have a reference versus a little bit oh i went a little too far yeah, yeah gotta come back
0: <laughs> or it breaks know, open and it moves all in like game. crap and it <laughs> slides yeah, yeah and you're not ready for yeah. it yeah we've all been there yeah
1: so it like i said it and you know it comes with the two different sight tapes, one wraps all the way around the wheel and one mounts vertically on the uh, vertical bar of the site. Yeah. So you get
0: both tapes. In which the is pack. so good because uh, I mean, cool. if I th- if you just think about general hunting situations, you know, if I'm in a tree stand, then it's probably I'm probably holding it down. So I want to look at the post. Whereas if I'm elk hunting, I'm probably holding it up in front of me ready for the elk to come in, so I want to look at the wheel. Um, So it gives you just both of those things to where no matter what situation you find yourself in, you know, there's been times where I'm crawling on the ground chasing pigs, and I have to turn my bow over to look at the post to to adjust the wheel. This gives you both of those. So no matter what situation you find yourself in, you can make that adjustment without having to move your bow to look at the other side of it. So really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this one would be
1: perfect like you mentioned crawling you're probably going to have the sight side up up you yeah. can just reach your hand underneath and turn that wheel you don't have to flip it over to see where the wheel is you just keep looking at that side of the site
0: yeah it's so perfect for crawling yeah Now, so the hunting public's gonna love this bow um now <laughs> let's take a step back um let's jump back we've talked a lot about the adapt plus because it was released months ago We've had on all the running yeah. public guys to give their reviews of it. Um, but what you've got to spend some time with the adapt plus, what do you think of that bow? Yeah, that was awesome. And that one, w- and it
1: shows, um, you know, there again, for budget friendly bow, we've been selling the heck out of that thing. Yeah. Because of the, I'm sure it's for a combination of the price and for the performance of the bow. You know, this is not going to be a speed bow. This is going to be those guys at the hunting public. What's their thing they like to do? Mostly they're running and gunning all over the place. They're going to get in situations where you got to draw back and hold that thing forever. Single cam. I mean, that's where that thing, that's where it lives. That's the bow for, I want to be able to draw this thing easily and I want to be able to hold it forever if I have to single it's, cam that's that's another perfect. thing like, for that
0: so many of the comments were like why is bear still making a single cam do they not know new technology and i'm like well they make dual cams but there yeah. are still guys Again, who want a single cam. options yeah that, right that is for people. if you want like, a
1: single cam and you're a hoyt person what are you get well hoyt's never had a single cam but you know somebody yeah. else matthews yeah. or whatever what are you gonna do you have to buy one that's how many years old yeah. Oh um, uh, seven. So options.
0: Maybe?
1: Yeah. I I I lose track of time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh, but, and that's something but like, yeah, it's an option. There's some some people like that. Like there are guys like my dad. You know, he's older and his shoulders are bad, and so if he wants to shoot a bow, he needs a really easy draw cycle, and he needs to crank it yeah. down to sixty pounds that single cam is going to give that for him. It's going to give him a super smooth draw cycle, easy draw cycle. And, and, you know, why wouldn't he want that? It's, it's, it's easier to draw. It's easier to hold. It's easier on his shoulders. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's just options and you know, where a lot of people are missing these customers, bear tries to take care of them. So, um, yeah, the adapt is a, is a really cool bow. Just really fun to shoot, really easy to shoot, whisper quiet, super easy to tune. Um, going to be a good bow for, for pretty much anybody. I, I get it. The popularity of crossbows coming in
1: and I'm 56 this year But for me personally, I want to be able to shoot a vertical bow as long as I can. Nothing against crossbows, but I just like the challenge of the vertical bow. So, hey, a single cam bow may be in my future. And if that allows me to keep shooting a vertical bow, I'm all for it. I mean, they're nice shooting bows. There's nothing you can say about that. But, you know, for performance, obviously the binary is going to be where it's at. Um, Yeah. But Absolutely. If that allows me to keep shooting vertical. I'll go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Now on to the Propel, um, which is exciting yeah. again from Trophy Ridge. I'm a big limb driven guy, um, so I'm excited to see Trophy Ridge offer limb driven. Um, yeah, this is a limb driven rest that you're going to be able to get for a hundred dollars, and and that's a hundred dollars whether you choose a regular mount or whether you choose the Propel IMS, which is that integrated mount yeah, system. Yeah. Um, so that is just an incredible price point for a limb driven rest, but does I it really perform? see that? That's the question.
1: It does. I set it up on a bow and was playing with it. Uh, and yeah, it did everything I needed it to do. It's got the right adjustments to where, um, you know, once you, so with the limb driven rest, once you set those things up first. You got to shoot them a couple of times to get all your knots to settle in. And, you know, then you may see the, the launcher pop up a little bit. You just got to work that out. And then it has uh, up at the top um, on the side of the rest. It has a bolt that you just loosen and you can pull the cord tight from there after you take a couple shots. Once I did that, then it did not ever leech back up again. I didn't see any issues of any bounce back. Issues with fletching contact. Um, yeah, just it does what um, a limb-driven rest is supposed to do. Now, where they were able to achieve achieve those savings was this one does have the break-open um, uh, bolts for windage and elevation. But with a rest, you're only going to do it once. Yeah. So takes you a couple extra minutes to get it set up. But for a hundred bucks for a limb driven rest, uh, you, we really don't see that, yeah. that price point. So, and you got to make savings somewhere. The ball bearings were smooth. I mean, the operation, there was no grit in that thing. It was smooth up, smooth down.
0: Um, just, it was a good rest. Well, and the difference is too a with a rest. rest, you know, being able to break open like that. Usually when you're making those rest adjustments, you're inside, you know, your paper tuning and your... Yeah. So it's in a bow vise, so you have more control over being able to loosen it while you hold it, whereas siding in a bow, you're out in the field and you're trying to, you know, you brought an Allen wrench out with you and you break that open, then it, you know, it gets a little messy. Whereas with a rest, it's usually in a bow vise and you're usually, you know, adjusting that in a controlled setting. It's a lot easier to move and, and maneuver that way. So right. now I have been told that that rest is, it, it's really, really quiet when it when it goes down like it doesn't it doesn't smack the riser it doesn't click when it goes down it doesn't it doesn't make any kind of noise it's a very quiet rest yeah i
1: didn't notice you know usually i notice strange sounds when
0: shooting different things and i didn't notice any noise with that
1: there was nothing like what was that
0: yeah and i really like that the arrow holder is built into the rest um you know it holds your arrow right there right Yep, it's got the arrow
1: holder and the the launcher is rubber coated. They also give you felt, but it's pretty quiet anyway because it's all rubber yeah. coated. So there's no metal, you know, carbon to metal or aluminum to metal. There there is none of that on that
0: rest. Yeah, it's it's going to be which, a, an exciting rest for sure. Which you just reminded me, going back to the persist,
1: digressing for a minute is. With the persist, Bear just added this simple yep. thing. This this like rubber. Basically, they completely encased the shelf and the riser face where you would mount your hour rest in rubber. Yeah. I don't know why nobody ever thought of that yeah. before. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> That's the noisiest place. Your, you know, your broadhead or whatever dings off of there. It's just a simple thing, but you know,
0: something that was cool. Well, and that's the first thing I noticed. Guys. Like I looked at the bow and I'm like, what is that on the riser? What's that on the shelf? <laughs> and I like zoom in. Yeah. I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, <laughs> why well, didn't yeah. why have nobody, has nobody ever thought of that before? And it's going to make that rest, so simple. It's if you shoot a dropway, it's going to make the dropway even quieter because your exactly. dropway is going to hit that. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, really, really good, really good idea from bear. I'm, I'm excited to see that too. Um, PJ, if you were to build, like if somebody was to call you and just say, all right, you spent time with all the bear bows and all the trophy ridge accessories, build me the best setup. Money's no object. What bow are you building them? What setup? I would are you building go with on? the pers- I would go with the
1: persist, and I'll tell you why something we didn't talk about is um for this year they have added that Picatinny rail on the front Mm -hmm. as well as the dovetail for the Integrate rest on the back. So, you know, the trend now is everybody wants to streamline. Get this bow profile as skinny as you can get it. Tight spot has those quivers that really suck up against the riser. But if you have a standard sight, Uh, or rest mount, you can have interference there. So with the Persist, they got the pick mount on the front, so you can get one any one of those sites. Trophy Ridge, of course, has sites that will mount uh, with a Picatinny rail. And then you can have an integrate rest on the back to slim that down, and then you can have one of those quivers that pulls everything really tight in. Um, So for me, but... It also has, if you just want to take the sight and rest you already have, which are standard bolt-ons, you can do that. So that, for me, is one of the things that I like and look for is that adjustability, that to where I can have everything slender if I want to buy the parts to do that. Or for the guy who has stuff and just wants to transfer from one boat to the other, you can do that, too. Yeah. Um, So... So, yeah, I would go. And and, uh, the other thing um, is the uh, built in wrist sling. So, (laughs) I, you know, as I mentioned, I run a 15 inch stabilizer off the front. So, for me, when I have a wrist sling, it mounts through that stabilizer hole. So, every time I take my stabilizer off, there's my wrist sling flopping around like that. Well, bear just added this wrist sling it's like built into the riser they just have a set, a set screw that holds it into place Um, again just things that they're adding on to these bows uh, the the haul line to haul it up into the tree got that built in there no more clipping I don't know how many times I've seen guys clipping carabiners to their cams and I'm like oh man <laughs>
0: <That's>, <laughs> don't do that a,
1: is it, you know, are you going to cause a problem? No, but man, that's the one place you don't. Yeah. I just generally like to keep metal away from my cam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, if something can go wrong, that's where it's going to go wrong. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just the the Persist, just what it has, um, what it offers. There's lots of little cool features. Yeah. Um, They have the grip. You get two grips in the box. If you don't like the one that's on there, you got another lower wrist grip that you can put on there, a little skinnier one. Just lots of options with that bow uh, to be able to get that to fit. You know, it's all in the name of get it to fit you. They're not trying to force you to fit the bow. There's things you can do to get the bow to fit
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if somebody were to call and say, all right, PJ, the best bow that I can buy, but I can't spend $12.50. I want a budget-friendly bow. Which bow are you going to recommend to them then?
1: I'm going for... It was the Alaskan was the one I liked. Me too. The Alaskan XT was the one. The Whitetail Max was decent, but like I said, (laughs) the draw on the Alaskan, that was one where when I was shooting, I was just had them all side by side the first time I shot I picked it up I was like, oh man that draw was nice
0: <laughs> yeah that's what that gets the stamp for from me for the best budget buy of the year um for sure I, I think mean just so. the the stuff they put in that bow for uh, that price point is just crazy good yeah. and uh so that gets my stamp Six for best 50. budget buy of the year so one of the things
1: that I did like especially, About the Alaskan XT, which I guess some of the other ones, some of the other bare bows have it, but is the uh, yokes at the top that it has. Yeah. Um, So for, you know, you get a little bit and this one I did have on my when I was paper tuning had a little bit of a tear was probably some of my own hand torque. I'm horrible with hand torque. So with, with the yokes, that's a system we've been working with forever. Super simple to take that tear out just by putting a twist in, taking a twist out on those yokes. Um, so that's something that I
0: really like. And that's Alaskan has that. And I do think it's, it's, Time to announce, now that you mentioned tuning bows, guys, the whole first five weeks of 2024, we've partnered up with Lancaster, and we're going to bring you a bow tech series, how to work on all your bows at home. That's on the rave now. Uh, everybody wants to work on their own bows at home. Uh, and so we're going to bring all that to you, how to set up a bow, how to how to check the timing, how to get it to tune, how to mount all your stuff. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this, how to tie in D-loops and peep sights. We're going to give you all of the information that you can work on your own bow at home. So I'm very excited about that. Um, because guys, really, yeah. you know, if you go to a bow shop, you're going to spend 70 to 100 bucks to get it set up. Uh, well, that's just, you don't have to do that anymore. You can buy a bow press for 450 bucks from Lancaster. You can buy a bow press and do all that at home. So we're going to teach you how to do all that from your own home. So whatever level you want to jump in and start working on your own bows, we're going to give all that to you. Um, so if you want to just know how to center shot your, your rest and tie in a D loop, we're going to give all that to you. Um, so guys, I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for, uh, again, that's the first five weeks of 2024. We're going to be rolling all those out to you. Uh, and I'm excited about it. So, and we're going to have PJ, the man himself teach us how to do all that. So if it's been, you know, if you've always wanted to do that, but it's just kind of intimidating, we're going to walk you through that. Um, and I'm excited about it too. So, and we're going to use these bows. Uh, we're going to use uh a couple of the bows to show you different tuning methods like he said he's going to show you how to yoke tune on on a bow that has a yoke he's going to show you how to how to you know on the persist maybe um you're going to have to put a shim in the cam or something whatever we're going to show you all of those different ways to tune bows on all these different bows so stay tuned for that pj where can they find all of your full reviews for all these bows
1: Lancaster Archery Supply. We have our YouTube channel, Langster Archery. Uh, you know, just on YouTube, Lancaster Archery Supply, you'll find them all on there. Got bow reviews, tech tips, all kinds of stuff, product reviews. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the products that we sell, we make videos about them, showing you how to use them, uh, different close up features. Not a lot of, not everybody has a pro shop near them. So I know our, thing was always this is our way to let you see them uh yeah. you can see you looking at a picture on a page is one thing but if you see us using it handling it telling you how the different adjustments work um things like that that's that's what we do but that's on our Lancaster Archery Supply YouTube page
0: yeah guys there's not many things that I'm gonna tell you to stop and do right now One of those things is to stop and go join Pope and Young right now. It's 45 bucks for the entire year to be a member of Pope and Young. And what that does for you is that helps to ensure your rights as a bow hunter. Pope and Young is constantly fighting for your rights as a bow hunter. They are the national bow hunting organization in North America. They exist to protect your rights as a bow hunter. They are all the time going before state legislators uh, to fight for your rights and to continue protecting your rights as a bow hunter the record book exists in the first place because somewhere between us and the Indians, people had lost sight that bow hunting was a lethal way of harvesting big game. And so Glenn St. Charles and his group of cohorts, they started the record book so they could take it to different states and show that bow hunting is, in fact, a a ethical way of harvesting big game. So guys... Don't get caught in in Pope and Young only being a record book. They are your voice for bow hunters, and there's power in numbers. So I would highly encourage you to join today because we need to stand together to protect our rights. Also, what you might not know is if you've bought a bare bow, you can go and register that bow, and you're actually going to get a free Pope and Young membership. Bear Archery is such a believer in the mission of Pope and Young and what they stand for and what they do to protect our rights that they are going to buy your first year's membership. So if you've bought a bow, go online and register that bow, and you're going to get a free year's membership to Pope and Young. But guys, I would encourage you, stop right here right now and go join Pope and Young because we have to protect our rights as bow hunters. So go check out all of these bow reviews, all of the bows we've talked about today. PJ has dealt with them; he's fully reviewed them on on their YouTube. So go check them out. But guys, thank you so much for listening. And I just want to encourage you again: find a bow shop that you can shoot all these bows. Um, you know, two of those bows, the uh, the Persist and the Alaskan XT, um, those are going to be dealer exclusives. So find a dealer and shoot those. The rest of them you can roll into a Cabela's, Bass Pro, Shields, wherever. But try out these bows, guys, because again, they are going to perform as well as you want a bow to perform. So go shoot them, try them out. Again, if you choose a different bow, that's fine. No hard feelings, but at least just give them a chance because they're worth it. Guys, thank you for listening. Y'all have a great week.